0: Welcome to the Daybreak Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Nizam. and together we'll tune into stories, lessons, and insights from everyday individuals on how they've navigated major crossroads in their lives. My goal is to inspire you with proof of what's possible and how to thrive when the tides of change come knocking because they almost always do. Today, our guest who Undoubtedly has many stories and is someone who I mentioned briefly on our episode last is Hope Patterson. She's been my creative guide in my journey of self discovery. She's a mom, a wife, a life coach, an education enthusiast, and a talker amongst her many other hats. But without further ado, I've already said a bit about you on our last episode, Hope, but would love to have you describe Hope in your own words. What's your philosophy and mantra that drives you?
1: I'm yeah, great to see you here. And uh, I think it's hilarious that you describe me as a talker. <laughs> uh, Who wants to talk today? Uh, I always find describing oneself is always a bit of a trip. We're so close to ourselves that um, it can be hard to see ourselves clearly. Uh, I'll try my best. So I'll begin with when I was a little girl, a little hope. I really didn't like my name and I felt like it just made me feel different. You want to be like everybody else when you're teeny tiny. But I did sense that over not very long, probably when I was six or so, I started to connect with my name more and that connection grew over the course of my life. And now I really feel like my name connects me with my purpose. And I would say that beyond being full of hope and hope being a guiding light in my life, albeit cheesy, my brother laughs at that.
0: My brothers would too, but go on.
1: Yeah, but that's what they're for. I characterize myself as a fajondalizer. So it's not a dirty word. But it is a word that I made up. I love to make up words. <laughs> Please if do find, elaborate. If I can't find a word that, in the dictionary that describes what I'm feeling, I will go ahead and make up words. So this word describes my approach to life, I would say. It is my mantra. I am working hard to get it in the dictionary, by the way. So if you want to
0: second that, that.
1: So to truly fajondalize, that's the verb something is to be completely elbow deep in whatever you're doing and to commit to whatever happens next it's to allow space for your creativity to gain traction and spark and when i first uttered this new word i remember it struck me with a ferocity i can't forget it just i was like yes i am a fajandalizer and the more i use it the more i embody it and the more I share it, the more others add to its meaning. Our family uses it all the time; it's just woven into our lexicon. So as long as I can remember, this vagondalizing has meant that I have been a seeker. I follow the tug of my intuition, and it drives me, and I follow. And I realize, looking back on my life, that this started when I was about six, and I realized there was a whole world to explore and it's led me to amazing people connections and allowed me to hone a unique recipe that brings an intriguing life to the surface so i'll just share three bits in my recipe uh, that for jondalizing, has brought to my life and the first is my dad's advice which is don't be a follower but do follow inspiring people. This is where the beauty and magic lies. So instead of following broad shared information or rules, not that I don't follow any rules, but I like to follow sparkly people who also really listen to themselves and their intuition and their gut. Learning from them and with them has been such a defining part of my life and has made it really diverse. No people, no two people are alike And you never know what learning is around the corner. And I think I've shared this with you. Whenever I feel lost in some ways, which happens, I always come back to people. I come back and I connect with people. And this brings me to my second point, which is don't just connect in your own backyard with the same people over and over again, connect far and wide. So I like to share my network like an open source map to inspire other connections. I'm hardwired to sync people up as, and I do it whenever I can. And beyond the connection is the third part. I don't just like to connect the dots. I also like to weave and be part of when I can those magical connections between people. Sometimes I notice that, that those connections may need a bit of warmth and nurturing to get things rolling. So whenever possible in my life, I try to get in there and Pull people together, as well as connecting them one on one, but pull people together and learn from a group.
0: There was a lot in there that you said that I was very familiar with, but the saying is true: there's always something new to learn about people. And this, I'm probably going to massacre this, but for John DeLizer, is a new thing, even though I've spent many hours with this woman, and I'm going to now second that it getting get put into the dictionary.
1: But Can I just thing? Yeah, go for it. The of a Fajondalizer is a Nancy. <laughs> that, that I feel like I've heard. Like poor people call Karen, but Nancy is the opposite. So if you have the Fajondalizer on one end, who's like rolling up their sleeves, getting their hands in something, getting even their fingernails dirty. Like they're so into whatever they're doing. Then you have the Nancy who is watching, who's observing, who's really hesitant to actually act. And it was helpful to see that other side. And I think sometimes it's helpful to be a Nancy or to have Nancy's in your life. But we started to go through our lives, our family, and identify who was a Nancy and who was a fajondalizer. And it's, it's a fascinating <laughs> exercise. You know what? Maybe we'll
0: have an episode on that. Like I said, always learning something new just for life and about people. But you know this podcast is a lot about stories and I know you talked briefly about about your dad and your upbringing but what's the story you want to share with the audience that speaks to being multiple things and being uncomfortable about it because this podcast is all about being at a crossroads being in transition
1: I've thought a lot about that I really I really appreciate you shining a spotlight on the dichotomies because I think sometimes people feel badly about the different sides of themselves or at least that why do they have different sides i've been digging into that for probably the past decade and i would say one of the the largest dichotomies i've identified for me is being a good girl and being an adventurer and i would say that's the part of me that is the good girl is seeking approval wanting to belong And being recognized by others as being acceptably good. So when I follow this good girl part of me, and I see it throughout my life as I look back, those have been the times that I get in line with the greatest number of people. And I look to them for guidance more than myself. And sometimes I feel blocked and restrained because I realize I'm looking outside of myself for what's possible and on the other side the freer thinking more adventurous hope not always the good girl not that i'm really bad but it's not a picture perfect or predictable side possibilities totally open up and my life looks way more creative and this doesn't always drive with everybody um and i think that sometimes the resistance for me f- going into that side of myself because i c- come up against other people's fear of the uncertainty that they're watching. Um, And sometimes me being adventurous inspires other people to do the same. So as much as I can, I have been focusing more on my adventurous side and thanking my good girl side, but also seeing how restrictive and tight and controlled the other side could be. So I really enjoy focusing on supporting other people's other people to jump into their more adventurous side and take a risk and I spend a lot of time around brave people it's almost like a a gravitational pull and I do my best to embody this adventuresome life full of possibilities so that I can basically give people examples proof that you won't jump off a cliff that you won't screw up your life if you're not always a good girl.
0: Now, I do want to come back to your comment about living a life of adventure because you've just shared so many little stories with me. But you mentioned fear previously. And what does fear mean to you? How has that been embodied in your life and what reactions has it brought on?
1: That's a great question. Fear is definitely something, it's an ingredient. I recognize when it pops up. And I feel like fear has been a way that my brain, my conscious mind, my thinking mind wants to keep life predictable. And I notice that fear comes up when I want to build out certainty, when I want a predictable path ahead of me. Um, fear will come up when I'm living with a lot of uncertainty and making big changes and moving into zones or parts of my life whether it be business or family or relationships that are completely new territory and i notice this is when the fear roots come up of oh my goodness stay safe hope stay smaller if you don't know what it's going to look like in this new place maybe you shouldn't and i i start to hear that fear voice and i've learned to thank it appreciate it know it's where it's coming from it's coming to keep me safe I think it's a biological reaction that we all have, but I'm also noting that I can, with enough working on it, I can just move the fear to the side and keep moving on and plotting a new path. And the fear starts to fade away as I reconfirm that this new direction won't blow up my life. It's a back and forth between the little voice in my head. And I think fear is useful. It's something everybody experiences, but sometimes it's really not helpful. And becoming friends with our fear, knowing its purpose, but not letting it guide your life is something that I really support in myself and and in others.
0: But there probably have been moments where things have blown up, right?
1: Yeah, let's think about that. When I have things really blown up, I have blown up my life, blown up the conventional part of my life in some regards, like leaving careers because I could see what they would look like or leaving a city like Toronto. We had a house. We had great work. We had an amazing community. And my husband and I just, we kept waking up each night thinking, And talking to each other. Okay, we see the pattern. We see the design here. You do this and then you do this and then you do this. And isn't there more? What happens if we veer off left completely and go a different direction? What will we learn about ourselves? What will we teach our kids? So I would say in 2018, we blew up our life in some way. We dismantled the direction we were going in. And in that case, we ended up renting our house, leaving work, and taking our kids on the road and world schooling them. And it changed the trajectory of our life, for sure. That's just one example.
0: Okay, tell me about Bali. You were in Bali recently. Tell me what inspired you to go to Bali.
1: Part of our year-long travel with our kids, which we realize we've set this rhythm in place every four years or so we take our two kids, Sophia and Alfie, off the beaten track and expose them to new places, new people, new ways of learning. We did it in 2014. We did it in 2018 for that entire year. And we landed in Bali and spent the year. The kids were at the green school in the jungle there. And Charlie and I got to meet so many amazing human beings from around the world who were living with a lot of possibility. A lot of fajandalizers, Miriam. We are all gathering
0: there. All of us Uh, are going to Bali now.
1: And so we were in Bali. Life was looking pretty good. And this thing called COVID happened. And we came back to Canada in 2020, shut down our Bali Asia chapter, moved back home to be with family. And we've been in Canada for the last three years. And I've missed Bali. I've missed being around such a huge crew of phajondalizers and people saying yes in so many brave ways. So this last February, I went for the months, and with my daughter Sophia, who's homeschooled, we went out to Bali and me and a few really amazing trailblazers ran a series of gatherings called Yes Way. And these were basically gathering people from around the world over five nights to talk about Possibilities for family, future of learning, future of connections, and yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool to remind myself I've been working online for the last few years. Thinking it, it's fine, it's fine to be on Zoom all the time, but being in a group of a hundred or so people, as I said, all fajondalizers or people keen to fajondalize more in their life, was so inspiring and. Some of these people were kids as well. We made sure to make it a multi-age series of gatherings. So we had younger kids and teenagers and people in their 20s um, and a real global cohort. That that was just, yeah, it was a great example of what's possible if you put the energy out there.
0: Okay, that's what's possible, but you know, you're obviously a life coach, you meet a ton of people and you're always on these adventures always opening up your network and your your ability to weave into other people's stories and lives. But what are you seeing as the biggest challenges, the personal challenges that people are grappling with these days?
1: The past three years has been a real pivotal point, obviously, in the world. People were on pause for a period, which I think for many allowed them to look at their lives a bit closer, look at what was working, what's not and how on autopilot many of us have been. And I think people are starting to feel like maybe the safe and predictable path in life isn't necessarily gonna yield happiness or me feeling like I'm really grounded or that life is full of possibilities. I think it's the last few years have shown us that we're not really in control of anything apart from how we respond to life. And I think that knowing that you're not really in control of your job security, you're not really in control of healthcare or education systems. So how are you going to take some measure of agency over your life about what you want it to look like? I think also the family unit is shifting for many people. A lot of us parents were conditioned to how life should look like, how we should work constantly to make a great living and do these things like renovate our house or send our kids to really great schools. But I feel like more and more people are questioning, is this really working out for all of us? Is this model? Is this paradigm that we've accepted? Is it serving us? Who's it serving actually? And I'm noticing there is a a cohort and this was brought out in Bali and in my connections with people of families who are looking for new ways to connect, new rhythms to be with their kids, to get to know them, to provide them other ways of looking at the world. And I think that people are seeking new people, new connections, new careers, new ways of expressing themselves. And that gives me a lot of hope. In a time where it's pretty turbulent, I come back to my hope and it's there if you look if you look for it, it's definitely there.
0: Yeah, I I can't tell you, even just for me, as much as I've been transitioning and in a positive direction, there are days when you're just like, I need something good to happen. And sometimes nothing good will happen. You just need to delve deep inside and find that peace and potential for yourself. Um, So yeah, I can relate to that.
1: (laughs) And your good friend, Mr. Potentiator, I think people are taking some risks and potentiating their life or making the good stuff happen. I think it's like being on your back foot, feeling like people out there have your back and they're in control. They're not actually in control. So it's time for you to get out and start making your life actively look like what you want it to.
0: So when Hope refers to Mr. Potentiator, she's referring to Mike, the other guy in my life. He'll be on in a couple of episodes, and he's just about as entertaining as Hope is. And funny story about Hope, right? So Hope and I started working together in, I want to say, 2019 on a project. And it was all remote just because of where she was, but the entire group was a, a remote group. I had never met her for all the impact that she's had I only met her in January, 2023. And before I'd met her, she'd said to me that she was like six foot tall. So here I am going into this meeting. I'm five four and I see her at this coffee shop and I'm like, Oh, that bitch lied. Uh, but, <laughs> but it felt way less intimidating to be there. Uh, so anyway, thanks. Very thankful to Hope for just having her energy and her ideas and her creativity and her willingness to kind of risk it all. Uh, to explore. But I guess before we end this conversation, if you had to give one suggestion where advice is a tough word to use just because we're all exploring, right? So we're all learning and and growing and there's no one right way to do this. But if you had one suggestion of of how someone in a period of transition at a crossroads can change their lives, what would that one suggestion be?
1: I would... Take a look at the ingredients of your life. So what are the, what is your family, your work, your lifestyle, is it feeding you? I would check in with yourself because I think we always know, is it really feeding you this bunch of ingredients? And if there are areas that are not feeding you, then I would look out and see If you can connect with people who have ingredients in their life that seem to be feeding them, that seem to be working well, and I would take note. I would even connect with them. And like I have with you, sometimes we just can't imagine shifting things in our own life's recipe until we can connect and learn from others. So I always come back to, even if you feel shy, even if it feels a bit strange, Talk to strangers, find out about their lives, learn about their stories, and you never know, you might find some new ingredients to weave in to your own recipe of life. Pretty sure you will. I've never seen it not work with anybody, and it's a pretty amazing way to make your life richer. Fill it with cool people who are doing brave things.
0: Great piece of advice. It's done me wonders, but I also had a really uncomfortable conversation recently and it did me just as much good. So wow. so you got to step outside of your comfort zone, if nothing else, to make it to that next step of whoever you're meant to be. Hope, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, love having you on here, but I also get to have you a lot of the time. But if anybody wants to reach out to Hope, I will have all of her details available and you can message her because she is open to connecting. Yeah.
1: And thank you. I am so excited about this new journey that's going to do exactly that. You're going to be connecting with all sorts of people and discovering new ingredients and sharing it with other people on their breaks in their day. Thanks, Miriam.
0: Hope the feeling. But for the purposes of this episode, the person is amazing. I am so glad you all got to listen in and learn about Hope's take on changing your life, especially because she practices it. She changes direction every few years to give her family and herself the opportunity to continue to learn and discover things that add to their lives and their purpose. There are many different ways to do this and that's a key focus of this podcast, discovering how people navigate the need for change in the next phase. So keep listening. We have an amazing lineup of people and experiences to share. Until next time, though, take a page from Hope's book. Connect with people far and wide. Engage with sparkly people who follow their intuition and their gut and who have ingredients in their life that seem to be feeding them. And now that you've taken a break, let's go explore. Live strong and embrace the daybreak.